you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and the specialist cast of dozens that help us put on this show each and every week. So here we are, we are starting week 10 and... I think we were talking, maybe it was Patrick Claibon or Adam Rank. One of our colleagues was mentioning that there's just something different mentally when you see two digits in the week numbers. So now we, it, it feels like we're, we're on the downhill side of things at this point. Yeah, it, it's both uh, it, it's fun because like the fantasy playoffs are coming and stuff, but it's also kind of sad because we look forward to this all summer and then it's just like in a blink of an eye, it's gone. We have less to go than where we started at this point. We are closer to the end than we are to the beginning. That's what I'm trying to say. But we still got plenty to talk about. We will go through all the games on the Sunday slate. I guess the Thursday slate as well. So we'll have our Week 10 game previews, our heroes and villains, and we're going to debut a new thing called the Fantasy Pawn Shop. I know that the trade deadline is coming in a lot of fantasy leagues. So I'm going to offer some guys up. Florio is going to try and make a deal. We're going to haggle. We're going to see what we come up with. But... Big news out of Buffalo. Ian Rappaport is reporting that Bills quarterback Josh Allen is dealing with a sprained right elbow, a UCL injury that will limit him this week. Rappaport also says that while it's no sure thing that Allen plays Sunday against the Vikings, the belief is it's an injury that he can manage moving forward. Now, Sean McDermott said today that Allen isn't practicing, but that he is day-to-day. So the big question is, if you have Josh Allen on your roster, how worried are you and should you maybe be making some contingency plans? I think it's smart to have a backup plan in place, even if that is like Case Keenum in a super flex league or something like that. Um, long term, though, I, I'm not too worried. They, they're calling him day to day. They've been saying it's minor from the start. But I think for week 10, 
you need to be a little bit concerned. The Bills have been very cautious when it comes to injuries this season. Uh, just last week, we saw them hold out three defensive starters because of the turf in MetLife Field. Uh, a couple of weeks prior to that against the Steelers, they held out both of their safeties. Uh, that was a get ahead of the Chiefs game. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and they know that they have those Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, so... I wouldn't be surprised if they take a, a, a wait-and-see approach, give Allen a week off uh, just to heal up. But I, I keep saying on Twitter, like, I would be buy, trying to buy low on Josh Allen right now because if you could get him and he's himself for the fantasy playoffs, that is the biggest advantage you can have. And right now it's probably the only time the person with Josh Allen is a little bit worried about That's him. probably about the only chance you're going to go get to get him. I know there are some guys out there on the waiver wire check and see maybe a Marcus Mariota is floating around out there, uh, somebody like that. I, I think At this point, I think Justin Fields is probably snapped up everywhere. But also take a peek. Maybe there's somebody out there on your waiver wire that would be worth streaming just in case Josh Allen can't go against Minnesota. Down to Dallas, where, where Jerry Jones tells 103.5 the fan he anticipates Ezekiel Elliott playing Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. Now, Zeke is dealing with a knee injury, and he missed the Cowboys game against the Bears. That was before the bye week. He's had a little bit of time to get healthy. Look, at this point, Tony Pollard's a guy who should be in lineups. But knowing this, knowing that Zeke maybe is a little bit banged up, would you feel comfortable starting him as, say, an RB2 this week? I think so. I think we've reached the point where with the Cowboys running backs that they're both just like RB2s or flex options each week, and you can get them both in your starting lineup. We know Pollard's the home run hitter. Uh, Zeke is going to be the one that gets probably more touches, but his floor is lower. Uh, oh, well, not lower, but his floor is lower than it's been in year, recent years. But if he gets a touchdown or, or two, then we're looking at a good day. You know Zeke's going to play because Jerry Jones has said this team is committed to him, that mm -hmm. how Zeke goes, that's how the Cowboys are going to go. And they do still like him as a pass blocker, which means he has the opportunity to be out there on third downs. Part of the reason, though, that floor is lower this year is because the target share has not been there. And he is, of course, splitting with Tony Pollard. But both these guys have some value against a Packer run defense that, frankly, has been pretty bad so far this season. I guess it's to our heroes and villains of the week. Let's start on the upswing. The guy who deserves some more buzz, who possibly could carry your team to victory this week. Someone who carried lots of teams to victory last week, Justin Fields. And the only person more frustrated than the managers who were playing Justin Fields was the head coach who was playing Justin Fields last week. Here's Mike McDaniels on how on what was going on when he was playing Justin Fields last week. No, I just wanted him to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching at that stage of the game. I, you know, I... I figured no one had tr no one had asked him to stop it, so you know I gave that a try. Um, I'll, uh, I think other coaches can learn from my experience that he does not listen, so um, rely on other tactics. <laughs> oh, Mike McDaniel, he really is sort of McLovin, like as a <laughs> as a NFL football coach is kind of what he is. But that was pretty good. If you covered up, like you know, if we didn't, if we just heard the audio, I'd be mm -hmm. like, that was a fantasy manager who is going against <laughs> right. Justin Fields, not another head coach. And I think Justin Fields just keeps on keeping on this week. Uh, he gets the, D the Detroit Lions. Like that's a huge part of it. The Lions are in the top three in fantasy points allowed at quarterbacks, but. They also allow a ton of production on the ground. So I anticipate not just getting, you know, Justin Fields throwing the ball as well as he has been as of late, but maybe he's not going to set a single a single game rushing record again. But I, I think, you know, something like 60 to 80 rushing yards is very much so uh, in the realm of possibility. You're talking about a guy who's playing good football and now he gets the best possible matchup you can get for a quarterback. And I know Aaron Rodgers didn't take advantage of that last week, but Rodgers Seems to be on the downswing while feels very much on an upturn here. For me, my fantasy hero of the week is Cordero Patterson. And we saw him come back last week and score a pair of touchdowns against the Chargers. Now, he had a pretty even snap share with Tyler Algier. And by the way, I do like Algier as a sleeper. We might get to that maybe a little bit later on in the show. But I do think this is going to be a week we see Patterson start to get more opportunity as he gets a little bit healthier, gets a little bit more involved, and he's got a great matchup against the Panthers. We saw Atlanta run all over this defense a couple of weeks ago, so now that Patterson is back, and you're probably starting him maybe as a flex, maybe as an RB2 at best, there's a lot of upside here for a guy who I think can perform very well coming off of, off of injury. 
Fantasy villain of the week. Who's the guy who is going to sink your chances to win? It's a guy who's been sinking teams' chances to win all year. Najee Harris, unfortunately. He, he's returning from the bye, but he gets a super tough matchup against the Saints. And I know Kenyon Drake ran well against them on Monday night, but throughout the year, the Saints have been tough against the run. Just a couple weeks ago, we saw them stop a red-hot Josh Jacobs. They're, they're in the bottom of the league in production allowed on the ground to running backs. And then Najee Harris just hasn't played well. He hasn't uh, reached 14 fantasy points in a game this year. He hasn't reached 13 since week three. Once in the last month, he's topped 50 rushing yards. He's one touchdown on the ground this year, not being as used as much in the passing game. And I think a defense like the Saints, they're going to load up front to stop Najee Harris and dare Kenny Pickett uh, to beat them. And I, I don't like his chances. And on top of that, Jalen Warren's starting to see some more snaps yes. and touches in that backfield too. So it's Which, all bad for Najee Harris. Fantasy Twitter's hyping him up. And I'm like... All he does is hurt Najee right. Harris. Like, if Najee <laughs> Harris isn't doing anything here, a guy splitting reps isn't going to either. He's not getting enough to make him valuable on yeah. his own. So, yeah, I don't I don't really understand that other than everybody's just trying to get out ahead of the curve, I guess. But I don't, I don't see a curve here to get out ahead of. Uh, I'm going to stay in Pennsylvania, though, for my fantasy villain of the weekend. It's Miles Sanders. And, yes, he's been very good this year. And we all sort of are regretting the fact that we listened to him when he said, don't draft me. And on paper, you would think, yeah, he's got the commanders. Why not? But Washington has been pretty good against the run so far this season. They've done a very good job of shutting down running backs. They haven't done as good a job shutting down opposing passing games. So this feels like a week where you see Jalen Hurts with his arm do damage, getting the ball out to A.J. Brown and to Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. So I don't know that there's a lot available for Miles Sanders. Maybe you're hoping that he gets some carries near the end to grind it down if Philly has a lead. But overall, I just don't think this is a good week to have Sanders. I think you're going to play him because, again, he's been so good, it's hard to sit him. But I just don't like the matchup for him this week. TNF, it is the Atlanta Falcons against the Carolina Panthers, the second time they have met in the last few weeks. Of course, you can see that game on Prime Video at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, also on NFL+. Plus. First question, have we officially given up? on Kyle Pitts. Did, did you even have to ask? I'm look, it's I'm just reading what's in the rundown <laughs> right now. So, I've given up hope that Kyle Pitts will ever live up to pre-draft expectations, but I think uh in the fact that he can be a useful fantasy tight end, I I'm not giving up hope because all the first few weeks of the season we were clamoring Arthur Smith throw the ball, throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. Well, the last 2 weeks They've been throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, and he had a bunch of air yards. They're using him downfield now. Will that sustain? I don't know. We The hope is that it will. But while he's in the midst of getting more volume, I'm not going to drop him, especially uh, when he gets the Panthers this week. He had 19 fantasy points against them two weeks ago. There's not I, – I don't know if there's any tight ends on the waiver wire that I think uh, have the upside as Kyle Pitts if he's getting that sort of volume. My response to the question was, well, define given up. <laughs> and I've given up on him being the guy that is going to return that third-round value if that's where you drafted him. Yeah, that, that I have given up on. I haven't given up on him having week-to-week value because, again, he's sort of in that jumble of tight ends that really anybody could finish, say, from tight end you know, 7 or 8 all the way down to tight end 20. And I look around at some of the other guys. You talk about you know going out on the waiver wire or finding sleeper tight ends. And none of them have the ceiling that Kyle Pitts does. Like They all seem to have the same floor because Pitts' floor is dreadfully yes. low. But the ceiling is sort of where I'm looking. And, and because of that, because they are taking more shots, and I know the last few weeks uh, he's seen his target share go up, his air yard share go up, and even his fantasy points per game go up. So that kind of at least keeps me from completely tapping out on Kyle Pitts, but no, he's not going to be the dude we thought he was going to be coming into the season. More points in this Thursday night game from the wide receivers. Terrace Marshall Jr. or Drake London? Terrace Marshall Jr. Because at least he gets targets. At least he gets, <laughs> he gets the ball uh, in, in the end zone like that. I, I think there's a good chance that he scores a touchdown this week because we know that they can move the ball against this Falcons defense. And when they get close to the end zone, like he's the guy that they start turning to in the passing game. Drake London... Look, if Kyle Pitts played wide receiver and Drake London played tight end, I would be on Drake London because I'd be saying, like, <laughs> he's got more upside than a lot. Of, but but he's a receiver, and there's far too many receivers out there that have more upside. I, I love his talent, but I think he's droppable in fantasy. Yeah, he is. And I'm just I'm watching that dream die. That's why I'm kind of sighing here because I thought Drake London was going to be 
the top scoring rookie wide receiver this year. And he's not even in the conversation anymore because they're just not throwing the football enough. And when they do, they're not throwing it to him. Also, getting the ball snatched away from you by Khalil Mack last week was not a great thing. Yeah. Um, he literally took the lunch money out of your pocket, Drake. What <laughs> happened there? So I'm going to go Terrace Marshall Jr. for all the reasons that, that Florio said. He's getting the targets. He's getting the opportunity, whereas London isn't. That makes him a much more viable fantasy option right now. I can't wait till next year when we're once again in on Kyle Pitts and Drake. We're going to be back in on them because, you know, it'll be like Desmond Ritter or somebody else at quarterback. And then we'll have hope that they're yep. going to throw the football again next year. Let's check out this nugget that our NFL research team dug up. DeAndre Swift is averaging 1.33 fantasy points per opportunity. That's carries plus targets. That leads all running backs this season who have had a minimum of 40 opportunities. But Swift, for all of that, is currently the RB34 this season. Now, last week we saw him on the field, but in a very limited role, and he didn't have a whole lot of production there. Do you trust starting him this week against the Chicago Bears? Uh, it's very up in the air. I, I think this is a matchup that's good enough uh, where you trust Swift because the Bears have been ran all over, uh, ran on all year long. Plus, they really struggle at, at running backs who can get outside of the tackles. And we know that DeAndre Swift not only can do that, he is super explosive when he does it. Um, but hopefully the Lions are, are nice enough like they were last week when like on Sunday morning they were like, hey, listen, he's going to be super limited again. Uh, if that's the case, then no, I think you get away from him. But right now the, the early talk is that he's going to see more work this week. And I think he's just so explosive. It's why I've been saying to trade for him and stuff because on a full workload, there's very few running backs who could do what DeAndre Swift can do. Well, and it's the reason that even knowing he was going to be limited, I think we both sort of advocated if you can flex him, I think there's still an opportunity just because there's a chance for him to have a big play, maybe score a touchdown. It didn't happen, but the process was certainly there for it. So, uh, again, if he's getting a big workload, then, hey, we're all in on DeAndre Swift. If he's going to be limited, then maybe see who else you have and kind of weigh your options at that point. Back to our game previews. We start with the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. That game will be played in Munich, Germany. Of course, you can catch it 9.30 a.m. Eastern on NFL Network or stream it on NFL+. Plus. Now, Chris Godwin has the second most targets since week four, but in that same stretch, he's tied for just 19th in receiving yards. So what is your confidence level in starting Chris Godwin this week against a Seattle defense that's been better lately? I think Chris Godwin is someone that you likely have to start probably either as like a wide receiver two or three or even a flex option. The The ceiling just hasn't been there this year. Like for a while, I kept writing about Chris Godwin as a start saying like him putting up 12, 13 fantasy points every week is great because it's showing us that he has a safe, reliable floor. But we know that there's more upside here. Godwin, as he gets further removed from the surgery and as the Bucks offense starts clicking, like we're going to start to see those classic Chris Godwin games, and they just haven't been there. But the good thing is he's still getting you in PPR leagues double digits every week. So I think you have to continue to start him. He's getting double-digit targets every week. I think you start him, but... He's just not what he – at least he's not what he was a year ago. We haven't seen it yet. He hasn't been what, what we were used to seeing, and some of it is the offense isn't what we're used to seeing over the last couple of years. Tom Brady has not played as well. The whole Bucks offense has taken a step back this year. So I think it's – you're playing Godwin for the floor and, and hoping maybe he hits the ceiling, but so far it hasn't really been a very high ceiling for him uh, this season. What else are you considering in this Seahawks-Bucks game? Geno Smith. He's a start, and I think uh, at one point in this season, well, th we definitely didn't think we'd be calling him that, but we thought the Bucks' defense would be one to avoid, and it really hasn't been. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, Geno Smith is playing really good football right now. Like He's the QB8 on the season in total points. He scored 19 or more fantasy points in four, uh, five of his last seven games. There's quarterbacks like, uh, like Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford who haven't reached 19 fantasy points in a game yet this season, so... I think the quarterback landscape has changed more than any position in season. And those guys who we thought were going to be weekly starts are players that you don't need to start. Some of them are players you don't even need to roster. Whereas Geno Smith is someone that I think you just start each and every week. Geno Smith has crept into the actual NFL MVP conversation for what he's done. That is how good he has been I, I so far this season. I saw a crazy stat. 
if he gets an MVP vote, he would get this year. He'll get one before Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's very. It's very much in the realm of possibility yeah. this year. So I figure he gets one. If I was a voter, I would throw him a vote just, just for that. Just to yep. do it. Because we know Russ isn't going to get one this year. So maybe Geno Smith can, can get his MVP vote. Vikings at the Bills. Buffalo trying to shake off last week's loss. We'll see whether or not they have Josh Allen available to them. They will, unless something weird happens, have Gabe Davis available to them. Can we expect a bounce back game after Davis kind of put up a dud last week? Um, I think if Josh Allen plays, Gabe Davis remains in play because of just how big uh, of a big playability he is. Like, I know he's been disappointing as of late. He literally had a 70-yard strike after Josh Allen. Like, this throw came after he hurt his elbow. Not that one, but the downfield 70-yarder that hit uh, Gabe Davis in the numbers. But if Josh Allen sits, Gabe Davis easily hits the bench. Yeah, I think that's the case there. Just... The thing about Gabe Davis is we spent a lot of time arguing about him this offseason, and it turns out both sides were right. He's an explosive player who doesn't necessarily need a lot of targets in order to put up a big number, but also because so many of his opportunities come well down the field. The drops certainly haven't helped. Uh, he's going to have a lot of games where it is a low floor. I mean, home run hitters strike out a lot, and I think that's what we're seeing with Gabe Davis. So everybody who had an opinion on Gabe Davis, pat yourself on the back because whatever it was, you're probably right. He's the Joey Galloway football players. I he just really realized is. it. He's the Joey Galloway football. <laughs> Joey Galloway, for anybody who doesn't remember, played for the Seahawks, the Cowboys. He was good for like three for a buck 20 and a touchdown. And the next week he'd get you like four for, you know, 17, something like that. That was it. <laughs> that's Gabe Davis. That was Gabe Davis. That's, that's what Joey Galloway was too. Uh, I think you might be considering sitting Devin Singletary. At the very least, you're going to beware of Devin Singletary this week against the Vikings. Minnesota has been tough on running backs. The hope here would be that if the Bills can you know, put together a good offensive performance, take a lead, maybe you see Singletary in the second half. But even then, we saw James Cook get some more work. If Josh Allen is healthy, he's going to get some running opportunities. We'll see how Naheem Hines slots into it. There's just a lot of running backs there that can get touches, that can get snaps in this Bills offense. And so Singletary, while he's still the lead running back, his, his floor and his ceiling have definitely been lowered. And if you can get away from him this week, I would probably consider that. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. Let's talk about this Lions-Bears matchup. This one could be a score fest. So, Florio, who do you think is going to ball out in this one? David Montgomery. If he is not a start this week, when is he? Like, he's playing the Detroit Lions, who have just been ran all over all year. They're allowing 26 fantasy points per game to the position. That's the seventh most in the NFL. That includes allowing 11 rushing touchdowns to the position, the second most in the league. Justin Fields is going to get his on the ground. We know Khalil Herbert will eat into the touches as well. But if Montgomery can't put up a lot of uh, fantasy points on his like 15-plus touches, then we really have to reevaluate him. This is what we said last week about the Packers, too, and now we're stuck reevaluating the Packers after what they did against the Lions. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Jaguars and the Chiefs, and I got a sleeper. It's Mecole Hardman. For years, we have been waiting for Mecole Hardman to live up to his sleeper potential. And, and it was like, maybe we should stop making fetch happen. You know what? Screw you, Regina George. We're making fetch happen <laughs> with Mecole Hardman. He has touchdowns in three straight games. He's starting to get more opportunity. They're sort of moving him around. They're having him run a lot of different routes. But they're also using him near the goal line. A lot of those jet sweeps, uh, those quick little shovel passes just to get him in the end zone, which is improving his value. It's muddying the waters for Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the rest of those running backs there. But uh, if you're looking for a sleeper, especially if you're in a deeper league, Mecole Hardman's starting to get work. And it's a good matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Browns and the Dolphins. Last week, Jeff Wilson came in in his first game in Miami. Ended up with more snaps and more fantasy points than Raheem Mostert. Who scores more this week? Is it Wilson again, or does Mostert take that title back? I'm going to go with Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, just because Raheem Mostert, he was getting the job done, but we haven't really seen that home run ability yet I, I know he still has it but we haven't seen it out of him at least not in the last couple of weeks and Jeff Wilson Jr. coming in and doing his thing right away fresh off of getting traded 
Uh, makes I, I feel like he could get even more work this week now that he's even more acclimated in that system. I'm going to say Mostert, and this is no analysis, it's just vibes, that after <laughs> last week with Wilson coming in, getting so many opportunities, it was kind of a welcome to Miami moment. Now it goes back to Mostert maybe getting some more opportunities. I could see this fluctuating and going back and forth all season long, but I just I feel like this is the week they say, okay, Mostert, Raheem, this is your turn. You get the opportunities and you run. Again, no analysis, just vibes. We'll see how it plays out when it's all said and done. Anybody else that people should pay attention to from this one? Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He's a start, and and this is like the fourth straight week or something like that that he's been a start in my column. And, and I wrote, like, eventually I'm going to have to stop writing about him because he's just going to be a must-start option that people play every week. Two weeks ago, he scored 29 fantasy points, was the QB1. Last week, over 24 fantasy points, was a top-five fantasy quarterback. Uh Say what you will about his deep ball, it's getting the job done, and he has just been surgical on short to intermediate passes. He's getting the ball out quickly, precisely to Hill and Waddle and letting those guys do their thing. And then I know the Browns are a matchup that you look at and you say, oh, they're better for the run game than the passing game. When it comes to Miami, I don't think it matters because the run game exists there solely to set up Tua in the pass game. I think, yeah, you sort of throw those matchups out the window with Miami just because Waddle and Hill have been so good and Tua's throwing the ball so well. It, maybe it, it doesn't matter quite as much. Houston Texans travel up to New York to take on the Giants, and I think you might want to be wary of starting Daniel Jones this week. It, we've been able to pick on the Texans mostly for their run defense. Their pass defense has not really been that bad. And Jones, not a guy with a high passing ceiling. He's sort of making his fantasy living running the football. And so maybe there's an opportunity for him there. But in terms of throwing the football, especially with an uncertain pass catching group, I mean, Wondell Robinson really hasn't popped the way we want. There hasn't really been anybody else. I know there's talk that maybe Kenny Galladay comes back this week. We'll That's see. a game changer. Well, we'll I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. But either way, there's just not a lot to get excited about. I think this is a huge Saquon Barkley game against the Texans. But uh, if you are starting Daniel Jones, and, and trust me, I have him in a super flex league where I might have to start him, not very fired up about what might be this week. Saints at the Steelers. New Orleans coming off a rough game where they were kind of beaten up by the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers struggling all year long. Not a great week for Alvin Kamara last week. Is this a bounce back game for him against Pittsburgh? It all depends on Andy Dalton. Like, Andy Dalton's the reason why Alvin Kamara had a bad game. He turned the ball over, struggled to move the ball. Then they fell behind multiple scores. You can't run the ball when you're trailing like that. And then he wasn't throwing the ball to Kamara as much either. And that's been his one saving grace. Uh, if I'm an Alvin Kamara manager, I mean, obviously you're starting him each and every week. But I'm definitely worried about Jameis Winston taking that job back. I'm curious what happens at quarterback because they seem to have committed to Dalton, but he's not really getting the job done. I do think this is a decent Camaro week. I think the matchup is good, and I think after last week, just to sort of keep the game close, maybe you see more checkdowns to Camaro. So I think he, he rebounds a little bit this week. Anybody else that we should take note of in this game? George Pickens, he's a sleeper for sure. And and I was surprised to see how available he was on waiver wires in NFL.com leagues. And then I looked at it and I was like, no, it makes sense. He, he put up a zero and then he had a bye week. So a lot of people were <laughs> like, I'm going to get away from him. But he has shown great flashes that he could be like an alpha wide receiver one in this league. Uh, made one of the made the catch of the year, in my opinion. But like even like the ones you're seeing here, him winning downfield on the sideline and stuff. He had at least 14 fantasy points in three of his last five games before the bye. And now no Chase Claypool, who was taking a good amount of volume away. I think that's just going to mean more volume for, for Deontay, for Pickens, for Fryermuth. But I think Pickens is the biggest winner of them all. I've heard some people say they think by the end of the year, George Pickens is going to pass Deontay Johnson as the number one target. He has the talent to do so, I think. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But having Chase Claypool there certainly means more opportunity, in theory at least, for Pickens. Broncos at the Titans. This won't come as a surprise, but stay away from any Broncos running backs. That, that backfield is a mess. They went out and they added uh, Chase Edmonds recently, which put him back there with Melvin Gordon. Uh, what, Latavius Murray is still there. We'll see if Mike Boone is healthy. Either way, it's just a mess in that backfield. Now they've got a bad matchup against the Tennessee Titans as well. There's nothing here that is really appealing. If the Titans are going to be beaten, it's going to be through the air with Russell Wilson and those pass catchers do not want when it comes to Broncos running backs. 
Colts at the Raiders, two teams that are heading in the same direction. That's down right now. The Colts will debut their new head coach, their new play caller, uh, a guy who has not ever called plays at any level. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing? We'll find out. I'm a little is. insulted. I didn't know that they were, you know, hiring TV analysts for their jobs, and they <laughs> right? didn't even in nope. interview me. They didn't even ask me or you. Nobody called us about this. I, I could be – look, I, I moved to Indianapolis for a head coaching job. But that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anything else we should pay attention to, though, this week? Yeah, I think it's the time to sit Michael Pittman Jr., unfortunately, because I we don't know anything about Jeff Saturday and the first-time play caller. But if I had to guess, I'm going to say uh, the former center – offensive lineman who got the job because he doesn't know analytics at all is going to try to establish the run like I, I have no doubts in my mind that they are going to be trying to establish the run as long as they can in this game and Sam Ellinger has already been a, a downgrade from Matt Ryan he's hurting Michael Pittman Jr. last week we've seen Pittman put up lows across the board he's just trending in the wrong direction uh, but with that being said because I think they're going to establish the run so much if Jonathan Taylor plays he's the only cult I think you could start three or four weeks ago we were talking about you know we love Michael Pittman Alec Pierce was a thing we were even talking about hey man Paris Campbell might be yep. a thing it wasn't that long ago now you're definitely out on Campbell you're out on Pierce Pittman is just sort of barely hanging on by a thread. Life comes at you fast. P please bring back Matt Ryan. At bring least back he Matt was Ryan. like able to get the ball to his pass catchers. That's all we want. Just bring back Matt Ryan. Just help us. Because the, the season, I know it's kind of a, an evaluation year now, but help us out, please. That's all, that's all we want. Cowboys at the Packers. Sit all of your Packers. All of them. I might even consider sitting Aaron Jones because he's, he's dealing with a foot issue. I know they said that it's not – a big deal. They expect that he's going to practice and maybe play this week. But he left the stadium in a walking boot last week. He left that game in, what, the third quarter. The, the Packers could not move the ball against the Lions. They scored nine points against Detroit last week. Now they got to deal with Micah Parsons in that pass rush. They got to deal with Trevon Diggs and that secondary. There's just nothing that's really appealing. Look, Romeo Dobbs is out. Alan Lazard has been just meh. I don't want any part of any Packers this week. Again, maybe you're starting Aaron Jones, but even that, just not excited about. Never thought we'd say this, that the Packers are just not usable, but that's where we are right now. They they might. I, I was wondering, if the Lions win this week and the Packers lose, would that the Packers would fall into last place in the division? I believe division? so. I believe they're, that's what it is. They're playing for draft picks right now. It's crazy. Oof, man, never would have seen it happen. Still got a few more game previews, including a big Sunday night game against two of the top running backs in fantasy football. We will dive into that next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one -on -one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, <laughs> crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Cardinals at the Rams. That'll be over at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. The Rams... Still just kind of free-falling, had that tough loss to the Buccaneers last week. Cardinals just kind of treading water at this point in the NFC West. What are you doing fantasy-wise in this matchup? We said all year there's two Rams you can trust, right? Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby. And now it's looking like it's just Cooper Cup, but I'm going to give Tyler Higby one more chance and say start him this week. And it has almost nothing to do with Tyler Higby. It's all about the matchup. Like right now, uh, not only do the Cardinals allow by far – the most fantasy points to tight ends, and it's not even close. They also allow the most targets. Uh, they allow the most catches, the most yards, and the most touchdowns. Literally, every category you can allow to the position, they allow the most. Last week, I was saying start Noah Fant. He had his best game of the year against them. Like, it's just a thing. Tight ends against the Cardinals have good games. And again, it's not like Tyler Higby is some unheard of tight end who hasn't really done anything this year. He's had a couple of bad games, but before that, he was a very useful fantasy piece. He has been, like you said, one of two useful pieces for fantasy in this Rams offense, so I'm, I'm fully on board with starting him there. Chargers at the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. By the way, thanks again to Austin Eckler for coming on. If you did not check out our show on Monday, go back and listen to it. Austin Eckler, a really fun interview, had a lot of really good things to say, so it's worth diving back in and, and giving that another listen. Will Christian McCaffrey have more than 25 fantasy points? The Chargers have allowed 30 fantasy points per game to running backs, second worst in the NFL this year. Even Eckler sort of kind of conceded that the run defense has been a little bit leaky lately. So, Will CMC, I know, I know we're not doing club dub until Thursday, but will he get into club dub with more than 25 points? Yes, easily. I, I think this is the easiest question of the day. Like, <laughs> that's a little bit of an above average game for Christian McCaffrey, and it's the second best matchup he could possibly have. Plus, now he's even more acclimated, and he had the bye week to really learn uh, and, and you know develop chemistry in this offense. I think that he could not only not only is he going to do good this this week, Marcus. I think he could be the fantasy MVP the rest of the year. Would not be a surprise if he is. And I'm with you. He scores more than 25 points. You're right. He's had a bye week to kind of get acclimated a little bit more. Plus, the Niners' offense should be fully operational because before the bye, they didn't have Debo Samuel in that game against mm -hmm. the Rams. Debo should be back and healthy to go with Ayuk and Kittle and CMC. This offense is going to be absolutely loaded. So now if you're the Chargers, you very much have to pick your poison. Your run defense is already bad. We know McCaffrey can catch the football. 25 points seems... He can throw the football. He can throw the football. <laughs> 25 points seems pretty easy for him this week. I would also say... Maybe beware of Justin Herbert because we have not seen him have a lot of big fantasy games this season. They're still sort of working through some injuries at the wide receiver group. Mike Williams expected to still be out. We'll see what Keenan Allen's status is, though we certainly haven't heard anything really positive so far yet this week. I mean, Josh Palmer was sort of a nice deep league play, a sleeper play, but he's not going to really get it done. Gerald Everett was not great last week. So 
Herbert did everything he could. He helped the Chargers get a win, but he also had like 245 passing yards. So I don't really love him this week against a 49er defense that has been very tough pretty much all season long. Agree fully. Commanders at the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Do we trust starting Devonta Smith? I wrote meh because <laughs> it, it depends on your options. Like his ceiling is sky high and we know that and it's a great matchup, but the floor has been anything but sturdy so it would always I, I think in like a 12 team league you, you probably don't have a better option this week but if you're in a shallower league you potentially could get away I, I could see that I think you can trust him this week I said earlier in the show that I didn't like Miles Sanders against this matchup but I do like the pass catchers so maybe this is one of those games where we see a couple of different guys eat where it's AJ Brown and Devontae Smith or maybe it's Smith and Dallas Goddard or what have you but I think the passing game is going to come in big for Philadelphia so because of that ceiling I still believe in starting Devonta Smith this week, so I think you can do that. Anybody else we should start or sit or, or what have you this week? I would be aware of the commander's uh, wide receivers. Not only do is the Eagles secondary one of the better ones in, in the NFL, and just uh, I forget who it was, but a couple of weeks ago, they completely put the clamps on on a good a uh, couple of good receivers, um, but then they also get pressure on the quarterback and Taylor Heineke. No no offense to him, he's not uh, you know like Patrick Mahomes or any anyone like that. And then like Curtis Samuel, this play was awesome, but it was very fluky. I think you get away from Curtis Samuel this week. I think Terry McLaurin, the upside is too high that you probably still have to start him. But just understand that like he. He's in a very tough matchup this week. Very much uh, about staying away from Curtis Samuel this week. I, I have him on TikTok as a sit. You can go check that out there. We do have four teams on a bye this week. The Ravens, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Jets. A number of running backs not available. A couple of good quarterbacks not available to you as well. So it's important to stream some players. So along those lines... I think you can stream Jacoby Brissett, and he's very. the last time we saw him uh, before the bye, he was putting up 20 points against the Cincinnati Bengals. He, for the most part, has been sort of good enough to get in the streaming conversation, but not good enough to force his way into your lineup. But after what he did last week and the fact that this could be a back-and-forth game against the Dolphins, it could force Brissett into a situation where he has to throw Miami right now, giving up the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Uh, a QB streamer for you. Marcus Mariota, uh, who not only because he had a really good game a couple of weeks ago against the Panthers where he threw for 253 yards and three touchdowns, rushed for 40 and scored 22 fantasy points. But when, when I was looking in this matchup, I saw that on runs in inside the tackles right now, the Panthers are allowing the second most rushing yards over expectations. Whereas Marcus Mariota, not only is he the best quarterback on those inside runs, he's the fifth best runner in the league right now in terms of rushing yards over expectations. So I think he can do a whole lot with his legs in this one, and we've already seen him have success in the air against this matchup as well. Over to the tight end streamers, and we're going back to the Cole Komet well. Three touchdowns in his last two games, starting to see some more opportunity. I keep saying that as Justin Fields really starts burning things up as a runner. That only helps the passing game because now it's going to freeze those linebackers. They've got to pay attention. That's going to help guys like Komet sort of get in between in those zones, find some open spots. And if they're looking for him near the end zone, that's even better. So if you're talking streamers, I think Komet, he's not necessarily a must start, but I think he's a good streaming option if you need it. Uh, any other streaming options for you? Kate Otten, who clearly is winning Tom Brady's trust after this touchdown, which couldn't have come in like a – more pivotal moment like the the Bucks are hanging on by a thread their season it's the final seconds of the game it's on fourth down and then he comes through for Tom Brady I think Brady that's going to go a lot of a long way with earning his trust plus it's a great matchup the Seahawks have been really good against receivers but the one spot they've been weak is covering tight ends they've allowed a bunch of fantasy points and yards and everything and both on the year and in the last few weeks so Kate and not only a, a streamer someone that I would just feel comfortable starting across the board this week really do feel like he should be picked up on more rosters one defensive streamer for you it's the Saints who yes I know they got run through by the Ravens on Monday night the Steelers are not the Ravens though and I think you got Kenny Pickett who will take some sacks who will throw the ball to the wrong team every once in a while that's sort of all you want so you don't need the Saints to be spectacular you need them to just be not terrible. They were kind of terrible last week, but I don't think that'll be the case this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fantasy trade deadline and standard NFL.com leagues is just a couple weeks away. It's November 25th, so we figured 
We're going to take a trip down to the fantasy pawn shop. I've got some guys that I'm willing to kind of pitch to Florio here. He's going to make me an offer. We'll try to come to an agreement on what we think we can get for some of these guys. So the first one is Joe Mixon, fresh off his 55-point game. What are you willing to offer me for Joe Mixon? Yeah, I, I noticed that you're bringing him in not uh, right off of this big 55-point game as if, you know, like that's going to last every single week. I, I, I'm not buying it, so – the, the best I can really give you is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk? Come on. I mean, not, it's not just a 55-point game. It's the fact that he is the number one running back, getting most of the snaps. And an offense, it's not bad. I mean, the Bengals can still move the football. They can score points. He's getting a lot of looks down near the goal line. And I know he's been inconsistent at kind of converting them, but the opportunity is there. I got to get more than a Christian Kirk out of this. <sighs> I'm going to have to bring someone in to, to check him out, and, and he might be on my roster for a while before I could buy it, find another taker. What if I raise it to Amari Cooper? I mean, could could we could we throw in something else? Maybe a little add-ons to sweeten the pot with that. Curtis Samuel. All right, I think I can do that. Okay. I think I can do that. A Joe, a Joe Mixon plus uh, you know, for an Amari Cooper and a Curtis and a Curtis Samuel. I'm getting a number one wide receiver. Getting a guy who's getting funneled a lot of targets and a guy who has some upside there. I I think I could do that down the stretch. All right. I'm happy you accepted it because my next offer was going to be AJ Brown. Ah! <laughs> I can't believe it. I got swindled. All right. How about a Kenneth Walker, right? I mean, it's Ooh. a young guy. It's in, it's in solid, it's solid condition, uh, really performing really well. I mean, just running great. You just hear that engine purr whenever you start it up. What can I get for a Kenneth Walker? I'm, I'm not even going to try to haggle too low with you because I, I see the value in Kenneth Walker. I, I know there's a, lot of, there's a market out there for him, uh, but he's still a little bit unproven down the stretch. How, how about another young asset in Jalen Waddell? Ooh, I like that. I can get a Jalen Waddle for Kenneth Walker. I, I'm, 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 I don't necessarily want to jump on the first offer. I'm wondering, could you? Is there a way to to add maybe an RB two there? Somebody like somebody. Uh, I don't know. Can I can I take a Najee Harris off your hands too? On top of that, would you be willing to do that? I'll I'll give I'll consider that for sure. Um, I I definitely am willing to give you a, a second RB two oh, okay. to get a can like uh, either of the Miami guys interest you. Uh, Najee Harris is is certainly on the table there. Uh, Tony Pollard. Ooh, I would definitely take a Tony Pollard there. I I, I think that's a fair trade okay. all around. Sure, absolutely. A Jalen Waddle and a Tony Pollard. I would a hundred percent do that. I get a solid wide receiver. I get an RB two that has some upside potentially. I know I've given up a lot with Kenneth Walker, but I like what I'm getting in return. Juju Smith-Schuster, who really starting to come around. I know that, you know, you had to kind of knock the dust off of him. People weren't all that excited. But, you know, he's starting to, to polish up a little bit. So what, what are you willing to offer me for Juju? Uh, Juju's been up and down. You're, you're bringing him in at the right time for you. It, it, it's a good time to sell high on him right now with the recent production he's been having. Uh, can I interest you in, in another player who's been playing well and overperforming uh, in, in Jamal Williams? Ooh, very interested in a Jamal Williams. Although the thing about Jamal Williams is that once DeAndre Swift gets fully healthy, the value on him goes down a little bit. So I would like one something else to maybe, uh, is there a wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three that maybe you'd be willing to, to throw in to sweeten that pot? Can I interest you in a Kadarius Tony? Hmm, they're <laughs> on the same team. <sighs> what else do you got back there? What about uh, – I'm going to play to your heartstrings a little bit. What about a, a one Brandon Ayuk? You know what? I, I will do that for a Brandon Ayuk. We'll throw Brandon Ayuk in there to sweeten the pot. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll add that uh, – the running back. Who was the running back that we had at the beginning there? Uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. So, Jamal Williams and Brandon Ayuk, I would do that for, for, uh, for Juju Smith-Schuster. I feel like I'm getting something good here. I like that. I think that's – a uh, Juju is a player that – I know I've been low on, but mm -hmm. I'm coming around. Like, he's, he's playing well. He's playing really well right now. But Ayuk, a guy who's, you know, look, he has his breakout games potentially, even with Debo and CMC there and Jamal Williams. Uh, as long as Swift is less than 100%, getting a lot of work. And even when Swift comes back, still gets some work. Last one. I got a Mike Evans right here. And, look, I know that lately maybe it hasn't been what I want, but, but this is still a quality player, and I'm wanting to know what you're willing to give me for Mike Evans. I, I like Mike Evans. The only issue is I gotta I gotta take on the headache of calling other people, seeing if Tom Brady's okay, if this offense is gonna <laughs> get going at any point. So my thinking was your Bucks headache for my Bucks headache. How about uh Mike Evans for Leonard Fournette? 
Ooh, I would I will do that. I think I'll do that straight up. I like Fournette. I think the season, the, the schedule works out well for him in the back half. I like his fantasy playoff schedule. And I like that he's sort of game script uh, proof. For everybody who wants to, yeah, people keep trying to, to sell me this Rashad White. And I just, I'm not buying that, but I will definitely, I think I'm willing to do that straight up even. Maybe I should have, uh, I should, I, I got to get better at haggling, I think. I, I think I'm coming in too hot with that first <laughs> offer. Normally, like, normally I'm not about accepting the first offer, but that one seems really good because the Fournette's a guy that I really like. So I'll, I'll take that straight up, uh, Evans for Fournette. So there you go. That's the fantasy pawn shop. If there are guys out there that you're willing to make a move on or if you have questions about, obviously you can tweet us at NFL Fantasy. We'll try to get to some of them. I mean, we still have time before the trade deadline. Um, we can also maybe work it out on, I don't know, the Start Sit Show, the Q&A Show. We'll figure out some of these trades to maybe work out before we hit the deadline. Let's get to some of our top sleepers for Week 10. Mike, start us off. I'm going to disappoint you a little bit because uh, I know earlier you said to sit the Broncos running backs. And for the most part, I agree. But I do have a couple of teams where injury like Brees Hall, I lost. I lost a couple of other key injured players. And now bye weeks are, are taking their toll. And in those spots, I'm starting Latavius Murray. Ooh. And all I'm hoping for is a touchdown. Like, And he's been getting the goal line work uh, as of late there. And I do think the Broncos will be able to move the ball because, like you said, the, the, the secondary of the Titans have struggled greatly. So if they get in the red zone, I'm hoping that they just hand the ball off to Latavius Murray because at some point when you're going deeper for a running back, it's kind of like tight end. You're just hoping they score. I, I don't hate this just because, like you said, you're sort of just hoping for that touchdown upside now that you expect a big performance out of him. We talked about the Dolphins running backs, and I like Jeff Wilson Jr. I know I said I like Raheem Moser to score more this week because I think he gets more snaps, but that doesn't mean that Wilson is not in play against the Browns' run defense that's been pretty bad all year long. This might be sneakily one of the higher-scoring games of the week. I know it's not pegged that way, but I just have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of points in this one, so I do like Wilson. Any other sleepers for you? Antonio Gibson, and it's funny that how we've gone full circle in this commander's backfield, but Brian Robinson hasn't really been too effective as of late. His snaps and touches have been declining. He played fewer than half the snaps last week, whereas Antonio Gibson was playing uh, more than half of the snaps. He was splitting work on the ground, and he's been the back getting the targets. He's also been the back that they're using in the red zone, and I think this being a week against the Eagles, commanders could easily be chasing points, and if that's the case, it's not going to be Brian Robinson out there. It's going to be Antonio Gibson. It is nice to see him sort of rebound for us fantasy-wise. My last one is Jerry Judy because he keeps saying if you're going to beat the Titans, it's probably going to be through the air. And over the last few weeks, it's Judy that is leading this team in target share and in air yard share. So it is sort of pivoted away from Cortland Sutton, more to Jerry Judy. The Broncos still bad offensively, 15.1 points per game, which is third worst in the NFL. But I think this is a week where Jerry Judy could have some nice fantasy value. You want more about sleepers? You can check out my weekly column at NFL.com slash sleepers. Comes out on Thursday, so be sure to find it when it is live live in the meantime for us that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember laziness is just the habit of resting before you get tired be safe take care of yourselves enjoy week 10 and we'll talk to you next week 